From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I mean, shit, without you, there is no us. So thank you so much for supporting. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Make sure you check out the YouTube for a lot of cool shit that's going to be going down. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw from last night. Of course, we've got the news and notes from all over the wrestling world. And like we do on every Tuesday, we're going to be going back in time to NWA TNA, the Asylum Years. And we're going to be talking about episode 16, that took place on October 9th, 2002. So without further ado, let's cut this beat and let's get right into the show right now. I hope all is well and I hope everyone is having a great morning. Thank you so much for always allowing me into your morning routine. It is totally appreciated. Thank you so much. Let's get right into the news and notes of the wrestling world right now. Rumors are that WWE offered Adam Cole a million dollar contract. And to that rumor, I say bullshit. I do not believe that the WWE offered Adam Cole a million dollar contract when they're currently budget cutting and trying to get rid of million dollar contracts. I mean, shit, Bray Wyatt had a million-dollar contract, and he was gone. Braun Strowman had a million-dollar contract, and he is gone. It was talked about how Vince McMahon wants more bigger talent, more, you know, big guys, 225, 6 foot tall. Adam Cole does not fit that bill, so why would WWE offer Adam Cole that money? I don't know. I think that's, uh, I guess it's one of those, you know, we got to... We got to, you know, wait and see what happens because I don't believe that Adam Cole is getting no million dollars from Vince McMahon, the same guy who just talked about changing NXT because of the guys that look like Adam Cole not doing it for him. I mean, shit. But if Adam Cole did get a million dollar contract offer, I mean, shit, he deserves it. He's one of the best wrestlers today, one of the best people on the mic. He definitely could go. I mean, yo, he's been talked about as the next Shawn Michaels. WWE could use an Adam Cole. The main roster could use an Adam Cole. So, I I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But I say, let's wait and see what happens. I don't necessarily believe the, the rumor and innuendo of some of these dirt sheets saying that he's got a million dollar contract waiting for him on the table if he does decide to sign with the WWE. MLW announced that they're going to be returning with the War Chamber... If you don't know what the War Chamber is, the War Chamber is basically war games, but the top of the cage is wrapped in barbed wire. 
MLW taking the violence of war games up to the next level. The last War Chamber saw Team Filthy versus the Contra unit, and it was one hell of a freaking matchup. So when MLW does return and they come back with the War Chamber, you know they're going to come back hot and heavy. Rumor has it that the USA Network is not happy about the NXT results. They are not happy that the perception is NXT lost to AEW. They're not happy that the audience for NXT is not rising to the point that they feel it's worth the millions that they paid for to have them on the USA Network. I mean, to be honest, I cannot disagree with that. Maybe that is why Vince McMahon wants to overhaul and change the NXT product. But I could see USA being upset, being that they did pay all this money to have the WWE's third brand, the developmental brand, on television. And, you know, the the product is not... The product is great, but the product is not resulting to more fans. It's been steady in the, like, 700,000, 800,000 viewer mark a night. So, I mean... That is a lot of people, but when you compare it to Raw numbers, when you compare it to SmackDown numbers, USA Network is not getting, you know, the millions for NXT. So I can see why they would be upset. Perception is everything. I can see why the WWE wants to change NXT. They're probably getting the pressure from the USA Network. They probably are in conversation with the USA Network to see what they could do to actually bring more viewers to NXT. Because they are locked into a contract. I don't remember how long that contract is. But if this does not work out, then what's stopping USA Network from saying that they don't want to be doing business with NXT? And then what? NXT goes back to the network? Or Peacock now? Perception would be really bad if they go to Peacock. It's one thing to change nights to Tuesday, from Wednesday to Tuesday, but to go to Peacock? I mean, it's not going to be a good look for NXT. So, I could understand why the WWE wants to change NXT. I could see WWE moving NXT to Peacock and using that time slot on Tuesdays for another show. A different show. One that may, I guess, cater more to the casual fans that watch Raw and SmackDown. But we should see because, you know, right now, anything can happen in the WWE. And that's what we're learning. Nothing is for certain. When you think you have the answers... Vince McMahon changes the questions, right? So one thing is for certain, and that is nothing is for certain, to quote the great icon Sting. When it comes to NXT, I don't know if USA would continue wanting to have NXT, especially I don't think that NXT becoming a developmental again and not a third brand like Vince McMahon wants it to be. I don't think USA wants that on TV because you're going to have less viewers. So... If they do decide to keep that time slot, if the USA Network does decide to keep them on the air, I think that NXT moves back to the network and WWE uses that time slot for our new WWE product. I mean, we shall see. Bray Wyatt put out his first tweet since his release. It was a picture of... It looked like some Jeff Hardy face paint or a mask. And it read, You cannot kill it. Bray Wyatt was supposed to be medically cleared. He was supposed to be on last night's Raw before anything happened. He was set to return, and now he is released. But Bray Wyatt will be fine. He's putting it out there that he is not going to, you know, just walk away. He 
he's going to be wrestling. He, you cannot kill it. The Colts of Wyndham, all this like shit that he's putting out. I mean, you could only imagine that he's going to show up as in some company in ninety days. And every company that he shows up to, he's going to make that company even better because Bray Wyatt is a guy that elevates your business. Bray Wyatt is a guy that elevates your merch sales. Bray Wyatt is a guy that elevates your creativity. So any company that has Bray Wyatt on the team is a winning team. It's not if Bray Wyatt's going to be fine. It's what company is going to get better by adding Wyatt to their roster. And I think my heart says it's probably going to be AEW because they're going to offer Bray Wyatt probably more money than anybody else. And if Bray Wyatt joins the likes of already who's in AEW, the Cody's, the the Kenny Omegas, the Young Bucks, the Hangman Pages, and then the likes of the people that are rumored, like the CM Punks, the Daniel Bryans, the possible Adam Coles. I mean, shit. Not only does AEW have the best roster in wrestling, but having a guy like Bray Wyatt not only brings more eyes, but more creativity, more more imagination to a product that already runs wild on creativity and imagination. So I think it's a perfect fit. I would love to see him in Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling really has a lot of creativity and imagination as well. I just don't think they have the budget to have someone like Bray Wyatt. Because Bray Wyatt will be commanding a hefty price. If I'm not mistaken, he was making over a million in the WWE. I don't think he wants to take that much of a fucking cut. So we shall see. When we come back from this commercial break, I'm going to be talking about Monday Night Raw from last night. Now, if anybody remembers, last week I turned Raw the fuck off because it sucked. This week, it didn't suck. Surprisingly, I really enjoyed this episode of Monday Night Raw. The three hours flew by quite quickly for me. And I will be explaining why I enjoyed this Raw and the difference between this Raw and last week's Raw. So, when I come back, you're going to hear all about Monday Night Raw from last night. So stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day... 
your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. I appreciate you guys. Stay tuned, y'all. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We are about to get into last night's Monday Night Raw. I actually enjoyed this Monday Night Raw, and I'm going to tell you why. It was very wrestling heavy, and they started out the show with a storyline that played out throughout the show, and then we got a finish at the end that had a climax to the storyline. That is old school. That's old school Raw. It ain't no, we're going to be throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks. No, they had one story play out through the whole night, just like it was back in the day. So, I enjoyed this Raw, and I'm going to be going in depth on this Raw right now. So, let's get right into Monday Night Raw from last night. Last night, we seen Raw start out with the Viper Randy Orton making his big return. Finally, I thought Randy Orton was supposed to return last week, but you know what? It's all good. He returns this week. And before he could really get much words out, Matt Riddle comes out, and he is excited to see Randy Orton. He wants to reform RK-Bro. Randy Orton wants to go solo. He said that he's not much of a team player. This leads to AJ Styles and Omos coming out. AJ Styles warns Riddle about Randy Orton. Orton comes at AJ and Omos. It is set up for tonight, the main event, Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. We had some physicality here in the beginning. The uh, Randy Orton tried to RKO Styles. Styles bailed. He tried to uh, RKO Omos. Omos didn't let him. Randy bails. And then Matt Riddle tries to RKO Omos. That doesn't work out for him. He uh, takes out Riddle, and then Randy Orton just looks disappointed in uh, Riddle. We then get a Baron Corbin promo. He's here from SmackDown. This makes sense because Jinder Mahal is offering him money to come to Raw and face uh, Drew McIntyre, which, you know, any other time a SmackDown guy would show up on Raw or vice versa, I'd get pissed off because there's supposed to be exclusivity. This actually made sense with the storyline being that Baron Corbin is desperate for money and would do anything that he can for some money. So I like the continuity of why Baron Corbin is doing these jobs uh, he faces Drew McIntyre. McIntyre defeats Baron Corbin. That I could have saw that a mile away. We see Matt Riddle pleading his case with Randy Orton to be friends with him and be in his corner tonight. Randy Orton does not want no part of it. We next get Karrion Cross versus Jeff Hardy returning from COVID. And I gotta say, this was a really good matchup. A really good matchup. Karrion Cross still didn't get much crowd reaction. I was scared that we were supposed to forget about the Keith Lee matches and we were going to go back to Karrion Cross jobbing out to Jeff Hardy quickly until Scarlett came back or Scarlett comes to Raw. But that wasn't the case here. Karrion Cross actually taps out Jeff Hardy in a really good matchup. They got a lot more time than they did in their first matchup. That's for damn sure. And I, yo, Karrion Cross, if he continues on this path, he could be a player. He has the size, he has the character, he has the presence, he has the talent. I think that Karrion Cross could be a player if done right. 
he may not be totally ruined yet, let's just say. We recap the history of Team RK Bro, what brought Riddle and Orton together, the matches that they had together, and some of their funny moments. See, I like how throughout the show we're seeing all this Randy Orton, Matt Riddle, you know, stuff play out. It's one story arc that has a beginning, a middle, and an end on this show, which is really cool to see because that's something that Raw hasn't done in a long time. This was a formula that worked for Raw throughout the Attitude Era, that worked for Raw throughout the Ruthless Aggression Era. So why did Raw go away from this? We next get Alexa Bliss and Lily versus Dewdrop. Heavy We Want Wyatt chance during this matchup. This had a really stupid ending, though, with, with Lily winking at Dewdrop. I, I, I get the gimmick. I just don't like it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, Alexa Bliss gets the victory. She rolls up Dewdrop after she is distracted by Lily winking at her, which was totally made obvious that it was pre-recorded before the matchup with no one there. It was not during the matchup. It, it just does. It didn't need to happen. It seemed stupid. I thought something that they could have done was have, like... Because Dewdrop was looking at Lily in the corner. I thought they could have had, like, Pyro come out the corner where Lily was to show that she has some powers. But this whole winking shit was whack. Next, we got Sheamus versus Ricochet. This was another really fun matchup. Sheamus picks up the victory. And then in the end, uh, we had Damian Priest come out. Priest versus Morrison was next. We go right into that matchup. That was yet another good matchup. So, so far, we got a good set of matches, and it's very action-heavy, and I, I like it because it's not too much. It's not too little. It's like the perfect amount of wrestling with storyline. I really enjoy it. It's working out. Damian Priest picks up the victory on John Morrison, and then he calls out Sheamus for the U.S. champion at SummerSlam. Sheamus accepts. That's going to be a good hoss fight between Sheamus and Damian Priest. I think that they're going to mesh up pretty well. We next get T-Bar versus Mustafa Ali. T-Bar picks up the victory with the Feast Your Eyes. Mansoor saves Ali from a post-match beatdown from Mason T-Bar. This was... T-Bar and Mustafa Ali had a good matchup. You know, that was decent. It was not bad. Bobby Lashley comes out and MVP cuts an amazing, amazing promo on Bill Goldberg, on Bill Goldberg's son, on how Goldberg's a bad father, on his son should just tell his dad not to show up because he's going to lose his career to Bobby Lashley. It was a really good promo. I love these promos. MVP and Bobby Lashley is like Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. It just... MVP could talk you into the fucking arena. MVP could talk you into buying a ticket. And that's amazing because this is one match I was not looking forward to. I was not looking forward to Bobby Lashley versus Bill Goldberg at all. But MVP made me excited. MVP made me excited. I cannot believe I'm saying it, but I am now looking forward to Bobby Lashley versus Bill Goldberg because of how MVP talked me into it. A great manager will talk you into the fucking arena. A great manager will talk you into buying the pay-per-view. That's what Paul Heyman does with Brock Lesnar. And is now what MVP's doing with Bobby Lashley. It, it, it was a really good promo. 
We next get a recap of Nikki A.S.H. and Charlotte from last week, which I did not see because I turned Raw off, but everyone's saying it was one hell of a matchup. I did see highlights of the matchup. It did look really, really good. So, you know, I want to see what's next for these women. And we get a promo from Rhea Ripley because we're about to get Nikki A.S.H. versus Rhea Ripley. This was a good matchup. Didn't get to the next level because we had an attack from Charlotte. Charlotte took out both women. DQ finished. This was whatever. We know that we're going to be getting Charlotte versus Nikki versus Rhea at the SummerSlam pay-per-view. There's too many three-way women's matches in these uh, pay-per-views. I mean, the last pay-per-view had Charlotte, Rhea, and Asuka. Now we're getting Charlotte, Rhea, and Nikki. Like, can we separate Charlotte and Rhea a little bit? Can Nikki maybe go on and face other women for the title? It, It... it's the same women getting piped in and out of the title picture here. It really doesn't, you know, do much for Charlotte. It doesn't do much for Rhea. There's no elevation or or dissension for either women. And it's like, there's more women on the roster besides these three women. I mean, damn. Main event time, we got Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. This was a really good, fun matchup. I enjoyed it. Orton wins the matchup with help of Riddle fighting off Omos. RK Bro is celebrating together and then boom. Just like AJ warned him. Randy Orton hits the RKO on Mad Riddle to end the show. This was really, really cool. I Like I said, I loved the story arc of Team RK Bro playing out throughout the night. I love the highlight video packages. I love Riddle constantly trying to get Randy Orton to be, you know, down to be a team with him. I love that AJ Styles warned uh, Matt Riddle and what AJ Styles warned Matt Riddle would happen actually happened. Everything just made sense. This was a really good Raw. The three hours flies by when you're enjoying it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I gave this Raw a three and a half out of five stars. I really did enjoy it. Some low parts was the Lily winking at Dewdrop. It was Ray Ripley and Nikki Ash and Charlotte getting the DQ. I mean, Mustafa Ali versus T-Bar was a good match, but it, I, I'm not really into the whole T-Bar and Mace shit. That shit's kind of corny to me. But besides that, I enjoyed this Raw. I really... You know, I feel impressed. You know, Broken Clock is right at least twice a day, right? I didn't expect to join this Raw after I had to turn it off last week. So, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. When we come back, we're going to go back in time. We're going to strap in our seatbelts in the DeLorean. And we're going to be talking about NWA TNA Episode 16 that took place on October 9th, 2002. This was a crazy, crazy episode of NWA TNA. One insane insane main event and we got a legendary perfect debut we'll talk all about that when we come back so stay tuned protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the united states supreme court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered from iheart podcast supreme the battle for roe tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case roe v wade sir i graduated the top quarter of my class we, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you starring maya hawk as 26 year old lead attorney sarah weddington we're challenging the texas abortion laws in federal court 
and Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You know we cannot send you away on a Tuesday without going back in time and talk about TNA the Asylum Years. We do it every Tuesday, and this is no less. On this episode, episode 16, that took place on October 2nd, 2002, we had the debut of Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig, and we had one insane ladder match that was not what we expected going into the show. So let's talk all about this episode of NWA TNA. This episode starts out with Don West giving us the rundown of what we're going to see tonight. Comedian Chris Rock is in the house. He's here to promote his new movie and shoot a scene for his new movie, Head of State. If you are familiar with the movie Head of State, you actually do see a, a, a scene where you got Chris Rock getting beat down by some wrestlers in the NWA TNA era here, which is really funny. It is also announced that tonight we are going to be getting a six-man tag between Ronda Truth Killings, Brian Lawler, and Jeff Jarrett versus BG James, six-pac and a mystery partner. And in the main event, we're going to be getting the ladder match between AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn. Ronda Truth Killings comes out here. He's coming at the uh, Tennessee Titans. He's coming at the Memphis Grizzlies, talking shit about the sports teams. Then he calls out Team quote, derelicts, which is BG James and Sixpac. And he says that the mystery man is the man who jumped him last week, the guy who was dressed in white. He then starts coming at uh, baseball card man, which is Don West. People who don't know, that made sense because Don West used to do, like, he would sell baseball cards and he would sell, like, sports memorabilia and shit on a, you know, one of those, like, I guess, QVC type shows. Um, blah, 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 where was I? Anyway, so he comes at Don West. This leads BG James and Sixpack to come out. They talk, you know, they talk shit to Truth. And I gotta say, the last couple weeks, Sixpack been coming off a little bit racist. Like, all this, you know, hey, boy. Like, he, he keeps on calling Truth boy. Like, he keeps on saying, you wanna play the race card, boy? You wanna talk that shit, boy? Like, dude, when you say it like that, you sound a bit racist, you know, when you're a white guy calling the black guy, boy, hey, boy, come here, boy, you sound a little bit racist. Anyway, 
BG James gets on the mic and he says that we don't live in a perfect world, or do we? And he brings out the third man, Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig is here in the NWA. And he will be the third man tonight, teaming up with BG James and Sixpac. Brian Lawler and Jeff Jarrett come down and they attack. We got a three, we got a six-man brawl right now, and we're not gonna wait any longer. Referee comes down, and we're going to have the truth, Brian Lawler and Jeff Jarrett versus BG James, Six Pac, and Kurt Henning right now. This was a really, really good matchup. During the matchup, BG James and Jeff Jarrett brawl to the back. Lawler takes out the referee, and then the white the white man, <laughs> the guy in the white mask and the white hoodie, Mr. Wrestling 3 comes out. And he takes out the truth again. This leads to Kurt Hennig hitting the perfect plex onto the truth. And BG James, Kurt Hennig, and Pac pick up the victory. This was a really good matchup. A really cool way to start out the show. We got a recap of last week's ladder match. And the decision that led to the rematch tonight. Jerry Lynn comes out. He calls out Sonny Siaki for interfering last week. Sonny Siaki comes out. They talk a little shiznit to each other. Sonny Siaki... Invites Jerry Lynn to come fight him right now on the ramp. Jerry Lynn comes down. He goes and he fights Siaki. They get into a big brawl. Siaki throws Lynn off the stage. And Lynn injures his leg on the rail. He is stretchered out. And he is out of tonight's matchup. What does this mean for the main event? We'll get to that in a little bit. Then we see Six Pac backstage. He apologizes to Loki for last week. Him saying that Loki is not on their level. He says that Loki is probably his favorite wrestler right now in NWA TNA. AJ Styles interrupts. He calls out X-Pac and he says, Hey, I should be your favorite wrestler. In 15 years, you had a 15-year career. You can't even do what I'm doing now. And then Loki calls him a jerk. We next get a NWA Tag Team Championship matchup between the SAT and America's Most Wanted. This was a really good matchup, to be honest, but there was a very, very, very scary spot in the matchup. Uh, either Jose or Joel Maximo had uh, James Storm up on the ropes, and then he was going to hit him with a neckbreaker from the uh, while James Storm was locked onto the top of the rope. And then the other Maximo brother hit a moonsault onto James Storm, leading to James Storm landing right on his head. I, it's hard to explain. You got to go out of your way and see this scary spot. It was just a disgusting landing. But James Storm was okay, and in the end, the AMW, the America's Most Wanted, they pick up the victory. They're still your tag team champions. Next, Goldilocks brings out Chris Rock. Chris Rock thanks TNA for having him here. He says, if you think wrestling's fake, come out here and get your ass kicked. And that was pretty much it. More of Chris Rock, you know, probably took place after the show to shoot the uh, scene for Head of State. Next, we got a four-way 15-minute Iron Man number one contender X Division matchup. <laughs> that was a lot to say. A four-way 15-minute Iron Man rules number one contender for the X Division title. It is Kid Cash, Tony Mama Luke, Ace Steel, and Low Key. This was a very, very fun match. I can't even tell you how fun this was. Spots galore. You know what I mean? Spots galore. Insane stuff. There was one part here where Kid... Well, one, after everyone dove to the outside, Kid Cash and Loki both springboard from opposite sides of the ring and collided in midair in the middle of the ring. I'd never seen some shit like that. That was insane. 
in the end, Ace Steel picks up the victory. Very, very controversial ending because Ace Steel gets the victory due to interference from Warner Plumtree. Next, we got Don West. He brings out Hermie Sadler. Hermie Sadler is talking about driving the TNA NASCAR. This leads to Bruce coming out saying, is Hermie a wrestler or a or a uh, NASCAR driver? Hermie says, is Bruce a man or a woman? Jeff Jarrett then comes out. He talks some shit about Hermie Sadler. This leads to Jeff Jarrett coming down and brawling with Hermie Sadler and BG James making the save. Next, we got another tag team match. It is Ron Harris and Sonny Siaki versus Chris and Rick Michaels. The first time we see this team on NWA TNA. And surprise, surprise, Chris and Rick Michaels actually pick up the victory when Ron Harris hits Sonny Siaki with the big boot. This leads to Ron Harris and Sonny Siaki brawling after the match. And Don Harrison comes and security comes out and Don takes out uh, Sonny Siaki. It looks like Don Harris still has the back of his brother Ron Harris. And we may be getting Ron and Don Harris as a team together soon. Bill Barons comes out and he says that Jerry Lynn cannot compete tonight. It will be Ace Steel versus AJ Styles versus the X Division champion tonight in a ladder match. Low Key then comes out and he says that Plumtree and... Ace Steel stole the victory from him earlier in the uh, night. Plumtree brings up some incident that happened with Loki and Sammy Sitch on the Independence Show. I do not know what happened, so I don't want to talk about that. But he says that supposedly it got it came to blows and Loki hit Sammy Sitch. I never heard that story, but if that's the truth, that that's that's wild, bro. Anyway, Bob Armstrong comes out and he orders it will be Loki versus Ace Steel tonight, and the winner will go on against AJ. Couple minutes into this match, Mortimer Plumtree takes out Loki's leg with the chair. Bob Armstrong comes out again and he says that, you know what, if you want chaos, chaos is what this crowd's gonna get. He said, X Division open invitational ladder match for the X Division title tonight. Anybody could join, anybody is eligible. Let's just put a ladder in the ring and let's have all the X Division stars battle it out. In this matchup, we got Ace Steel versus Tony Mamaluke versus Kid Cash versus the SAT versus AJ Styles. And this was yet another insane matchup. The crazy-ass spots that were done with this fucking ladder was insane. Even though you had guys wrestling for a lot longer than AJ Styles in here, though, AJ Styles looked like a veteran. You know, even with the likes of Kid Cash and Tony Mamaluke having more time on their career than AJ Styles... AJ Styles looked like the man, and I gotta say, that's a testament to him only being about three years into the business. In the end, though, AJ Styles had the match won. He was the only one standing. He was climbing up the ladder, and boom, Six-Pac joins the match, and he screws AJ Styles to win the X Division Championship. This was, it made sense. It wasn't invitational. Anyone could have joined. It wasn't like it was, oh, why did he join the matchup? Why was he eligible? No, it made sense because Bob Armstrong said anybody could join this matchup. And with the storyline being that AJ Styles interrupted and came at Six Pac earlier, all this made sense. So I thoroughly enjoyed this. This was a great episode of NWA TNA. I'm giving it a four out of five because not one moment on this show was I bored. Everything made sense. There was so much crazy action. Amazing matches. I really enjoyed both tag matches. The Michaels Brothers versus Ron Harris and Siaki. I loved AMW versus SAT. I loved the four-way X Division 15-minute Iron Man number one contender matchup. That's a lot to say. I loved the interactions with Chris Rock. 
I love the uh, crazy-ass 17 billion man ladder match in the end for the X Division title. I love the swerve in the end to have Six Pac, who wasn't in the match, join the match and win the title in the last minute. There's just I love the fucking Mr. Perfect debut. So much to talk about on this episode. Such a newsworthy episode. I really enjoyed it. Four out of five stars, y'all. I hope everyone joins us tomorrow for the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. We're going to be talking all about last, well tonight's NXT. We're going to be talking all about the future of this podcast because we have a big announcement to make. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. Follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel because we have a lot of cool, fun shit coming your way. Thank you so much for supporting the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I love you all. Thank you so much. Have a great day, y'all. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 